0: hello and welcome to another episode of majoring in the minors podcast a podcast where we talk about how the majority of people focus on the minor things in life you're awesome boys as usual mahi and louis in this episode we'll bring to you our amazing listeners kyle trainer an amazing human being a super, super, super smart person, especially when it comes to business. Kyle runs Elite Vitalities business school. He has his own podcast, a Pivotal Conversations podcast. And honestly, he is a genius when it comes to f- business, not just fitness business, because I know he's trying with his team to move into other areas as well. But when it comes to fitness business, from my perspective, Kyle is the absolute best he's a beast when it comes to kind of knowing the intrigues of how to run a business and how to make like you know ends meet i've learned a lot from Kyle myself i've done two of the their courses the offense and defense co- courses that they did last year this year they have their diploma of fitness business that has already started but it is really worth it for new PTs or PTs who are just trying to take their business to the next level uh, to have a look at that. So definitely check that out. So without further ado, I'm going to get you guys to listen to Kyle. He's a man who's done all the thousands of reps and sets and he's been through the trenches and he's earned his badges and everything that he talks comes from experience. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Have fun.
1: When are you starting business diploma as a, have started like, Monday?
2: Uh, yeah. so started Monday. It's, it's, um, the hard part's over, if I'm gonna be honest. Like, um, you've seen how much effort we put into our content and producing, making sure that it's as digestible as possible. Um, because mm. business, a lot of what we teach, like business is a foreign language, right? Yeah, so it's, it's not like the way I like to think of it is like if I was teaching you biomechanics or I was teaching you physiology um, that's your language, you know, that's the language that you can speak fluently when you're teaching something that, you know, like if I was, you know, example, if I'm trying to teach myself Spanish, you know, you've got to, it's got to be really digestible and in really small chunks and cause to keep someone engaged. So that's something we, we identified, you know, from teaching a whole heap of courses last year. So Um, it's an absolute beast to produce like three months, man. I wrote like 40,000 words then. Yeah. Like that's the kind, that's the way I do it. I like to write and write and write until I consolidate on what is, you know, the, what we're trying to, what's the end result, what's the process to get there and, and really work through it that way. And then from there, you know, we i basically get interviewed and um because once i've written that much i know it you know like in, and it's, it's stuff that I, I i you know as i said i know so i get interviewed and, and that interview might be hours and hours and hours and hours and then we chunk that down into the best bits the
3: mm-hmm. bits
2: that are the most digestible that make the most sense um which is funny there's probably only you know two hours out of eight hours worth of content. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, you, you've got to get the best bits and it's got to fit within this process. And then you've got to get motion graphics to again, tie in. So you're not just someone's not just listening to you talk to the camera for a very long time. And, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's three months of just back to back. I, I reckon I've worked every day this year. Um, 10 to 12 hour days, you know, like I reckon I had one day off maybe. Um, So like, it was funny, like Monday I'm sitting there and like, I'm just absolutely cooked. Cause like when you need to achieve something, right. Like you, you just got the energy. And I was like, it's just coming off the back of launching it. And I was like far out. And it's like, all just started to hit me. And I was like, shit. So I was like, Monday, I was just like, so brain dead. Um, and so kind of like, it was a weird feeling. It was like, I was like coming down <laughs> from a massive high, yeah. but super relaxed at the same time and, and happy with what we produce. So yeah, man, like really cool, really happy with it. Um, it's cool to see the evolution cause it's, it's different content. Like that's the thing. It's, it's not the same content as what we've produ- produced previously. Um, and the same principles like we've come a long way so it's cool to see it play out um well it will be cool as well to see kind of you know how it's digested that's the fun part and then we go again
1: Mm -hmm. then go through it again um that's amazing man like especially this is like it's gonna tie into the question i had for you anyways it's that even you said it's not the same content but even what you do is not like it's not this the way, you know, when people talk about business and economics, it, it is a different language, but you have a certain type of people in mind. So when it comes to business, especially in fitness, you, at least from my point of view, you did it really differently, right? And uh, that's what stuck with me. So I want to just kind of know, like, what pushed you towards business side of the fitness rather than the other side? Like, you know, just getting... Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good question. Cause it's one that I think can get misinterpreted a lot of the time. Like people can make assumptions, um, you know, like everybody, like, cause you know what, man, like, and, and they're probably right to make those assumptions. Cause the industry is full of gurus, right? It's full mm. of Facebook marketing gurus and, and marketers and, and people that proclaim that they're teaching business. And, um, they're not. And that's probably, you know, I'm not going to go too deep on that now because it'll end up in a rant. Um, but I, there's like, you know, a, a bit of my story, man was I started a business at the age of 19. You know, I grew up with my mom. She, as a single mother, she raised me, um, did a great job, showed me the way she works from 7am till 7pm every, every day. Come home, cook dinner. You know, like, just it was like one of the. Like, she's my hero, man. Um, but it got to like the age of eighteen, and and and, or yeah, I think I was about nineteen, and she met a partner, like a you know, uh, and met someone, and, and they kind of got you know married, and um, she you know she wanted to move move. They wanted to move away, and and it got to the point where you know, I, I was pretty conscious what she was doing for us as a family from a very young age um, and to me it was like it you know she just need like she she needs to live a little you know like she she deserves to live a little to to have this time um, as hard as it was as as much as I would love to continue to be around her and to to be honest man I had it pretty good like she looked after me well and and that's kind of like we all you know that's that's kind of what it's like to live at home right and and, and be in that position but i did you know so i end up moving out um and at the same time i moved out i'm like i was studying at university and i was studying marketing um and i fucking hated it by the way like i hated it like and it's weird because now i'm in business but there's a full circle here coming um but anyway, I, I didn't like it. So I was like, I left that and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you know, you tell your parents that you're going into fitness and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, like that yeah. whole conversation yeah. is like, what, you're not going to go to university. You know, you're not going to do all these things. And um, you know, and for me, it was like, yeah, like I was a pretty, pretty chilled guy. Like I didn't really care. Like I was like, you know, I'm just going to do my thing and make decisions. Cause I've been doing that since I was the age of 15 anyway, man. And as I said, I was, I was with myself every night, every day and every night till from 7am to 7pm. Right. So, um, and it was like, okay, what do I love to do? And at the time I'm just like, fuck, I love, I love training. I love gym. You know, I love that's, that's my life. I was there every day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of get into PT. So I got, you know, got qualified. And by the age of 19 and a half, I had a business. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I didn't even know I had a business. I don't think until I was twenty-one, like. I, but I had a business, right? And it was one of those things, like I come up through like a big box gym, and and kind of that was my, my path into the industry. Um, and like anyone, like I, you know, the, I I did struggle the like the first eighteen months, I would say. And then I was like, okay, like I really need to get into gear here because I was moving. I moved out of home, so I was I was living by myself. I was making sw- like no money had no idea what I was doing. Like I was young, I was dumb, I was partying, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was just doing it all. Right. And, um, it just kind of clicked. I'm like, I really have to get into gear here because like I'm living week to week and like, all it's going to take is one wrong move, one thing to go wrong. And I'm in deep, deep shit. Um, and that comes with age. Right. But anyway, I I ended up going all right, right. And I built my business up to I think it was about $100,000 and I was, but I was working like crazy, like, you know, like um, and and it got to the point, like we were above that, like, you know, I think I I ended up getting it one-on-one PT up to probably like three and a half grand a week, you know, like some good money, Mm -hmm. right, but I was working, like I was doing 70 sessions a week, like, yeah, crazy, crazy hours and anyway, I you know, once you start to get a little bit of uh, success i guess you know you kind of get ahead of yourself and and you, you you know especially when you don't understand how to manage your emotions and your psychology with money yeah so what you know i, I had this you know the dream suburb that i wanted to live in and and i i, I made the move and silly me as a young kind of 21 year old um kid i actually signed a lease which is not the silly part but what i did was i ended up going to the gym, which was the same franchise that I work for in the new, but in the new suburb Hmm. and saying, Hey, I'd love to, to kind of build my business here. And they said to me, yeah, look, we can do that. Um, You know, you're going to have to pay one and a half rent. And that was kind of the deal they gave everyone at the time, which is like, that's a good deal. Like I can work at two gyms and, and kind of have two, two, you know, one in the place that I want to build up there and then eventually just cross over but what ended up happening was i signed a lease in that area went to sign the contracts at the gym and they pulled that out from underneath me and said you had to pay double rent so i think it was like roughly about 700 bucks a week in gym rent i was paying mm-hmm. uh, and then also had a lease at my you know my new lease which was in a nice suburb Um, And that was, I think it was roughly about 1200 bucks a week, not including bills before I even made a cent. Um, Plus I'd already committed. And and, you know, I'm a young bull, right? At this point, I'm like, yeah, cool. Double rent, bring it on. Right. But a week into it, I lost my license. So the new suburb that I was working at was 45 minutes away. Hmm. So I was living 45 minutes away from my core business where I've got 70 sessions a week in, in, in revenue. Uh, and I also had just committed to a 12 month contract or a, sorry, a six month contract minimum at this new gym, which was going to be paying rent, which is where I was living. And I had no license. So man, for six months, I got up, I think it was about three thirty AM. I would, catch the train 45 minutes start at my other job my other gym at 5 a.m in the morning work there till 12 catch the train back walk from the station to the the gym that I was working at and I would build my business every day and I would leave the gym at about 8 30 nine o'clock walk home eat my last meal because I was in I was in shape then man like (laughs) I've, I've i've definitely not as in, in the shape i was now uh, then uh now that i was in then but i was like weighing every meal you know like really into it type thing eat my last meal and i did that on repeat for six months and that drove me into a massive hole of anxiety because i was so run down man like and i didn't have any other options um and yeah, that was just like a, one of the toughest periods in my life that I'm so grateful for because it just proves to me now. Like, I'm not, I, I honestly don't, I'm not scared of anything in business because I don't feel like anything could, could probably get as bad as, as good of a problem as it is to have. Mm. It was a very tough period for me. And, but the lesson that I got after that was like, okay, if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, I'm like, I got no business knowledge and I don't want to work ridiculous hours when I've got a family. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I've known from a young age that I just want to be a great dad in life, man. Like that's, that's everything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I, I work my ass off every day with the the, you know, knowing that one day I'm going to become a father and I'm going to be great at it. Right. And, and that was the lesson. It was like, okay. So then I just went, absolutely gun ho and trying to learn about business. Cause I was like, that's my, the, like, that's my rate limiter, right? Like the more I know about business, the less I have to sell my time.
3: Mm.
2: Right. And, and um, you know, that was just it, man. I, I learned as much as I could to the point where, you know, I started to build a business where I would bring on coaches underneath me and, and we built a pretty substantial business doing that. I was still PTing. I was doing online coaching as well, but I had a, you know, we grew, uh, you know, I had a real, I had a pretty big team in the end, all based in Melbourne. Um, and we were based all around Melbourne here in Australia. Um, to the point where I was getting a lot of questions about mentoring, business mentoring. Um, and it got to the point where I was like the business mentoring was really starting to pick up. And I just had to ask myself which one, which one brings me more fulfillment and passion, man. And not many people go out and say this. And but fuck man, like I love business. That's, that's what I love to do. I'm a, I'm a businessman at heart. I love the dynamic of business. It's like, you know, like some people love training and they just are a student of training and, and you know, the body and and biomechanics and physiology. And that's me for business, man. Like, Oh, like I, I read every morning for two hours, like, and bounce out of bed early, just to read, like, that's what I love. And I love the dynamic. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I got into it. I, I just, you know, there was a decision and there was a bit of time there where I did a bit of both, but it got to the point where I was at a crossroads and, you know, I just pulled the trigger and, you know, that's the thing with me. Like, like I knew what I wanted to do. And for me, it's like, if I don't go all in, on what I really want to do and, and mm. go as hard as I can at it. I don't really have any right teaching it. Cause like there's this, there's a whole kind of no- notion of skin in the game. And, and a lot of people actually think like, Oh, like, you know, I often get some people who will like be talking about me and like, Oh yeah, but he doesn't have a fitness business. And it's like, you yeah, know, shit. Why don't you think I have a fitness business because I'm doing this. I had a fitness business. Mm-hmm. If I kept my business, if I kept my fitness business, it meant I wasn't all in on this. So if I'm not in all in on this, why would I actually do it? So that was my mindset, man. And that was how I kind of transitioned into the position I am in now. Where you know I went all in, man. Like I ran my first eight week business mentorship, where basically I put like 35k of my own savings up, and we did live mentors, live. Um, it was a it was a mixture of um, presenters as well as myself doing the mentoring and you know I paid the presenters up front I booked the halls I did all of that um, and I put up money you know my own money my personal savings at the time straight off the bat and and you know that was that was the initiation and and then and then it just it's it's an evolution right it just keeps going so. Um, it was a bit of pain. You know, I would say the thing that drove me into doing what I'm doing now is the fact that I went through pain and I knew that I wasn't the only one going through that pain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like I knew as soon as I'm like, there's other people out there who have no idea about business. You know, I was getting tax bills. I had no idea that I had to pay. And I was always struggling to manage my money. I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and it was like, I just really wanted to get to this point where I had absolute certainty in my own skill set and knowledge so that I could run my business and take that fear away. Cause that fear was like, that was killing me. Right. And, and I just knew that other people had that pain. And, and that was my passion. And that, that became my passion and still is to this day.
1: Love it, man. Like I can really, I can relate to that a lot. Cause especially I, I went through the same story with my mom. So like the moment you said that, sorry, like the mindset is clear, is clear to me. She works all the time. Like, you know, she, like you can, she's your hero. And I love the part, like, be, I think because of that, you want to be a great dad as well. Like it, it make it all, I get all of that and then how it can translate into the business part of things as well. Um, and it's all about the hours. Like, you know, you, as you said it, I'm sure you've put thousands and thousands of hours into building the fitness business first and getting the experience
2: yeah and like as I said I was working I was doing between 50 to 70 sessions week on Mm -hmm. week for two years and then built a team you know where we we had a team of I think in the end we got we had I had total 12 staff members um you know and it was like I left that for this yeah like that's that's like I could have easily stayed there man and and take that's the easy road but that's not what my heart said that's not what i wanted to do you know that's not what my passion was i was passionate about fitness but man business just was it was pulling me and it's like you either stay comfortable and can can kind of go there or you, you follow what what you want to do and what you love to do um and and continue chasing that hmm. yeah
1: and i think that love for business you can't well we're we're gonna release this in audio form so people won't see it but there is Elon Musk just behind you and the obsession with Tesla I know like you really look up to them as well and in a lot of your presentation you always talk about them too
2: yeah I I just think Elon's amazing like uh, you know this guy is someone who has absolutely no knowledge on or he went into you know even SpaceX you know like He's sending he he's like everything he does, and there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that people don't notice, but in my opinion, he's the best storyteller in the world. Yeah, like his businesses are all built around stories. He's not just some tech guy. Like, okay, why is he building Tesla? Right? Because he believes that if we don't have it, you know, if we're not being if we're not gonna be environmentally friendly now, we're gonna be in a very, very bad place. And then he he follows that up with SpaceX right well not follows it up cuz i think they they kind of came at the same time but spacex is the same thing it's like okay well if we don't get our shit together well then i'm going to have rockets that are going to take us to mars
3: hmm.
2: like and and this is a guy that had like no knowledge no background in it but now and he he's running like he's running like four companies at the one time and he does he builds businesses that are good for the planet they're good for the earth do you know what i mean and it's like I just respect him so much, man. And I think he's the best storyteller. He's, he's a killer by nature in terms of just what his work ethic, like he's just so in it all the time. Um, he's a very, very intellectual and smart human being. I just respect him a lot. I think he's probably the greatest business owner that will, you know, of, of the generation that I've seen. Um, he's a visionary like Steve jobs. Um, but he really is trying to make the world a better place with his businesses. You know, like there's, for me, there's a big difference between something like Amazon, even Apple. And then you've got like Tesla and you've got SpaceX and, and, you know, he's building successful companies out of things that are going to make the world earth a better place. And I think there's something to that.
3: So I've been kind of stalking you on Instagram. No, and yeah uh, we all do it, yeah, I mean, we, all do it we all do it yeah that jawline bro i couldn't resist <laughs> but uh but uh i saw your mantra sort of stability growth autonomy so mm-hmm. i kind of just wanted to i wanted to get your thoughts on i mean i kind of get it from like what it means but i kind of wanted you to discuss it yep and awesome. break it also, down yeah
2: yeah 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 so I mean if you were to go to a normal a normal MBA right at Harvard or Stanford or something of that nature they're going to teach you things like marketing strategy finance um, you know technology and innovation and they're going to take you through these different subjects and for me I started to ask myself okay like that's when if we're going to deliver education we have to kind of go okay well what are the core pillars that people need to learn but one thing that started to become quite front of mind for me was what are the biggest aspirations that I see people going through? And for me, stability, growth, autonomy represent the different aspirations that a business owner has at any one point in time. You know, what's the one thing we all wish for when we get into business? Stability, right? We want that. We want that ability to, you know, like, you know, you, mahan i don't know if lewis you're you're in the prescript team as well but they talk about the ability to resist force well that's that's no different in business and that happens at the level of the nervous system right so so the nervous system doesn't just it's not existent in biomechanics it's existent in life so for me it's you know i look at how can i build my business's nervous system Right? Because that's the, that's the thing that I see most people like buggering up with. They've got no boundaries in which they make decisions, right? And they've got no kind of nervous system that stops them from making potentially fatal mistakes. And mistakes cost you time and money, right? So, but the first aspiration you have is stability. And right. once you get that stability, what's the next step? What's everybody want? Hey, I want to grow this thing, right? So then I, I you know, okay, once I get the stability, then I want to achieve growth. And then once every, you know, and this is from experience myself, but also working with people, once you've got growth, what do people become? Time poor. Yeah. Time poor, busy, run down. It's overwhelming. So then what do we, what do we want? We want freedom. We want autonomy. We want the, we want self-governance, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason that we, we looked at it through that lens was well, we, we need to teach people those three steps of the process so that as a business owner, they can identify what they need in the moment and start to actually make decisions that are going to allow them to continuously make progress. Now, what we do is we go all of these subjects in an MBA, we teach at some point within that process. So, what are the things that get us stability? Well, it's finance and wealth management. It's brand, because brand is a guiding light. It's a part of that nervous system. It tells us what not to do. Product, right? So, we teach product, understanding product, you know, so that we know what we're selling, understanding our customers, our niche. Right. All of these things that form our nervous system that tell us and kind of create these boundaries of what not to do so that we can do more of what we should be doing. And that's how we get that stability and then growth, you know, digital marketing, right? So, marketing as a subject, Um, you know, performance accounting as a subject, like, you know, all of these things and these subjects that you would learn in an MBA, we just plot them at a different you know, within, and, and that like we're teaching people through our process based on the aspirations we see them want, but the subjects are actually weaved through that process based on what actually helps people achieve that level in business. So the, by the end of it, if you've taken all of our courses and you know, they, they, they are growing, they are kind of progressing and, and we're getting better at putting that in and relaying that information, but our goal isn't to just create successful businesses it's to create successful business owners and a successful business owner is controlling their business not having their business control them yeah we're dealing with people and if if you as a business owner cannot identify where you are going wrong where you are in that process and what you need to do to move forward you are forever a slave to your own business and that's that's where those three pillars are born. Right. And, and we, we weave those the subjects. So you're still learning the principles and frameworks of true business, not Facebook advertising, not the next funnel, not how to write great copy, but actually business principles, because you need to like the, like you need in order to, for business to be sustainable over a long period of time and successfully sustainable, You need to be able to make decisions and think for yourself. Critical thinking, right? I speak to people every single, all the time who come to me and say, we had some success with Facebook ads. So it's not that they don't work. We have had success with funnels. It's not that they don't work. But when they stop working and they're not working with that business coach anymore, or they're not working with that marketing guru anymore, they have no idea what to do. So what happens? All the success they get, they lose. And because they're using Facebook advertising and they're, they're only learning, you know, a template that's being implemented for them, they don't have a brand. Yeah, they don't have like a br- like brand. If you want to know what brand is, brand is mental structures that make future marketing more effective right? That's, like, that's brand in a nutshell. How can I create memories in somebody's mind so that the next time they see my marketing, it's more effective? You don't do that with Facebook advertising. It's like, hey, click this link. And then you go to the next page. And then hopefully you suck enough people into this funnel that they purchase. And don't get me wrong, they'll purchase. It will work. But it's what happens in three years time when you leave that marketing guru and you got nothing, You got got you don't know what to do. And the, the industry is stuck in the sh- It's diseased with short-termism. Because of that Facebook marketing boom, people don't understand true business. Yeah? And then because people are so desperate to make money, right, they just get sucked into these marketing booby traps, which might give them some initial success. The whole 30 grand in the last three months trick and and all these kind of things. And it's like, I get it. Like, you got to do that. But it's like, the problem is, is they're sucking people into a system that leaves them extremely fragile and vulnerable, well, you know, over the long period of time.
3: Uh, kind of, I liken that uh, to kind of the, the issue with the industry at large in general, like the whole quick fix culture of 30 minute abs or, in, you know, you're going to get ripped right. in 30 days.
2: It, it, this is systematic. This is not just fitness industry. This is systematic in the world. Um you know, the more and more I see this is like we plan to penetrate other industries eventually um, purely because we know that this isn't just a fitness industry kind of issue. So we, you know, it's I'm in, I come from fitness. That's why we are where we are, but this is systematic across the board. This is a world thing.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Cause people, they, they just want the quick fix, but unfortunately they don't know, they don't get the tools to actually critically think for themselves. And then the cycle just continues.
2: It's like um, I like investing, right? Like I, I, had a, I had a, was having a chat with a friend today and it's like yesterday and he told me to get into some cryptocurrency, um, you know, and I, 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 like I'm invested in Bitcoin, but so it's not like I'm, that's foreign to me. But he was telling me to get involved in some cryptocurrency. And I put money in and then I said, hang on, you're speculating. And I pulled the money out. Um, And I said, you know, a lot of how people run their businesses is the same as how most people invest. And that's why we end up in, you know, every 10 years, we go through these economic cycles, you know, where we're going through recessions Mm It's because people speculate right with their money and speculation leads to um, inflation of markets and kind of these erratic investments and people don't know why. So when they lose their money, or they, 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 they could potentially lose their money and the market starts to take this downward thing, people don't understand the principles, so then they sell, 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 sell. And everyone ends up just following each other and nothing ever gets fixed. And it's the same. It's like most people are speculating with their business. They're looking for the Hail Mary, the quick fix, without actually try, truly wanting to understand. And that's, that's like that's my company mission. It's like, how can we change the, the, you know, let's just start with our industry. How can we change the way business is taught? Because the last 10 years, it's been dominated by marketing gurus and Facebook advertising gurus. And most of these guys would sell their soul for a dollar, right? How can we change the industry and actually start to produce a higher percentage of great business owners, right? Because that's the key. That's you know, you want to know what makes our industry better? Yes. More skill set. But imagine we had, you know, imagine we went from 20% of people in the industry being great business owners to 50. Imagine the innovation. Right? Imagine the innovation. Imagine the the progress. Imagine the competition. Competition is great for innovation. Right? Like competition is, you know, innovation is born from competition. So just imagine what the, the, you know, the industry looks like when that percentage of great business owners starts to creep up, right? It, it would be amazing. And, and that's, that's the company mission. How can we give people a greater opportunity at living the life they want, you know, have, and, and being able to sustain their career or their, the more important sustain a business for a long period of time for their whole life. Cause I'm, I'm telling you, that's, 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 that's rare it's not a given the majority don't make it so so how can we start to shift that narrative and and start to make these changes and for us it's about true business education
1: uh with that i have one question that pops into my head is like you know especially if the first pillar is stability we do know that people are are kind of attached to that you know uh short-term results right so with the with coaches as well i see that a lot like they are fearful of like investing in their time so they like especially if they've already like just started a business right they, they want to make money as soon as they can so how do you and i know you're big on like uh psychological need if there's if they believe that it's like and if their psychological need is to make money as soon as possible how do you kind of tackle that mindset and how do you try to like Get them invested in the long term.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, so so that that mindset is really like you know you would you you know this, Mahan. We we kind of teach wealth management and cash flow is the first thing we teach, no matter what, because one of the biggest things that I see, and and honestly, the biggest problem is like we got to drive this back to the psychology, right? So so if somebody's really scarce with their money, that's happening at a psychological level right? Now we have to ask ourselves why, well, you know, they were raised a certain way. They were born in a certain culture. Like there's all these things that everybody's different, right? So you got to think if I'm taking somebody through a process where, you know, especially if they sign up for a course, you know, we, we could be teaching them all these things that they never go and invest because they're too scared to actually spend money in their business. So one of the biggest things that you've got to do as a business owner is get really good at separating your business, uh, your business's money and, you, uh, you know, separating your business and your own entity, right? And going, okay, because, because the problem that I see, right, is most people look at their business's money as theirs. And it's the biggest mistake because it's not, yeah? Like just, just, does all the money in Tesla belong to Elon Musk? Hell No right? Because there's money, like, you know, Elon Musk gets a wage. He probably gets paid some profits at some point Well, they're not profiting, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Right. But there's that, like, he'll get some payout at some point, but majority of that money stays in the company to grow the business. So when you start looking at your business's money as your businesses and your own money as yours, and you pay yourself a wage, you start, you actually, that's a, that's a change on a psychological level. And the the number one, you want to know the blueprint for success. Build wealth in your business and build wealth outside of your business. If you do that, you will have uncompromised decisions. And that is the key to creativity and innovation. If I don't, you know, if I've got money built up outside of my business and I've got money built up in my business, I'm willing to invest the money in my business and I see it as money that should be invested. Right. So maybe, you know, example is like, you know, I pay myself a wage and then after that wage and our expenses, we have money building up, we have leftover cash flow there and we can now start to invest that money because I'm already paying myself a wage and that wage is enough to, for me to survive, but also to achieve financial goals outside of my business. Because if I've got that taken care of outside of my business, I'm never in a scarce mindset with the money that's actually still in my business, which means I can actually look to invest that money in future growth. There's a reason, you know, people, there's a reason the yardstick for success is that 100K mark, Hmm. right? And like, that's because that's where everybody gets stuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people get to that point and they're like, holy shit, like, you know, and, and, you know, like from simply not separating their finances, they're like, Oh no, but I'm making two grand a week. And it's like, okay, you're making two grand a week or the business is making two grand a week. Or like, have you not separated that yet? And most people are like, no, I haven't separated that yet. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So, okay. You've got an opportunity to maybe hire a staff member for 20 grand a year, who is potentially going to fix the hole that you're currently going through. But you're also attached to that $2,000 a week that you're earning and you've now built a life around that $2,000 a week and there's no separate entities. So you've got this scarce mindset and you're holding onto that money, Hmm. which means you're actually, you know, it's going to be extremely hard for you to invest that money and make that decision. And that's going to happen on repeat until you make the decision to actually separate your accounts and manage your wealth properly. So it's like, most people are trying to tackle business growth in a scarce mindset with money. And, and that's a big, big problem, a massive problem because once you do get stuck, you've then got a life built around earning this amount of money and to invest any more money, you have to sacrifice income. Nobody likes sacrificing income. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's kind of like, Like honestly, that's one of the biggest things I've seen. That like I still I'll still sit down with someone who's doing five hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue, and they're still doing this. Like that's still like they still have not done this, and that is the one thing that's like boom, it completely changes everything.
1: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that because I see that like the the difference in psychology as as a PT when you start right, you know. Like, cause I've been there. I've been that PT who's like, oh, I'm not going to get like, I'm not going to pay Starbucks cause I need to like save two pounds a day. And then in a year's time, that'll be like 400 pounds. And from that going to a mindset of, no, if I would, I need to make more money to not worry about the coffee cause like saving is not going to change, like help me at all. So, and it's a switch. It's the, it's, there is a difference the way you look at business and you look at money as well. But I want to now bring like, that elephant in the room. I want to talk about COVID, right? Yeah. And how COVID's changed. Because I know you talk about like COVID's pushed businesses five years into the future. And now everyone like, you know, especially with the use of technology. Uh, I want to ask you if a new, like a new PT or like business, like this guy just out of PT school personal trainer wants to start a business. What are the differences between like five, you know, when you started and like, what were the main points that you had to do then versus what they have to do now to succeed, like start a business or be successful?
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's a really interesting question. Cause back when I started, it was get to a gym, get in the trenches, get some experience dealing with people like build your skill set, build your craft. And I feel like we're starting to see that shift where it's like, you can, you can kind of, you could just jump straight into a digital business model. Yeah. Like you, you could, if you wanted to now, I'm not saying it's, I think it's wrong to say, or there's the wrong terminology to say right or wrong. Cause I just, I think that doesn't exist. Um, it's a personal opinion, but yeah, for me, it's, I think you, you can get away with, with not dealing with people. Like, you know, there's people out there doing it. Right. And I think that in itself is not about whether that is again, right or wrong. It should be a lesson for everybody. Like, even if you've got, if, like, if you've built up a skill set over the last five years, you've actually got an advantage,
3: Mm -hmm. right?
2: But the, the real lesson here is where's the world going? Right. And, and, you know, with it, like, there's just so much going on at the moment, but I think the real drive home message is, is that if you're not doing everything you possibly can to have a digital business, you're eventually going to get left behind. That's my honest opinion. I, I just think it's like, I don't know where it's going to go yet. Um, but yeah, like you, you see these companies like Tonal, like um, Mirror, and you see what they're doing. Apple Fitness, like, like Apple, like the Apple could come out tomorrow and do whatever the hell they want. Like they've got billions and billions and billions in the bank, right? And they're already doing it. Yeah, like they're already doing it. They're already started. Now, this isn't to say that personal training is going to die but you need to digitize the way you do things mm-hmm. you need to you're never going to match them on technology but you can match them on customer experience and the customer experience now is digital we spend six hours a day on our fucking phone for god's sakes like if you don't think we're going digital you are you just like like leave the room like <laughs> you know what i mean like quit because the writing's on the wall we're not spending less time on in, in, in the digital, on, on our phones, with our TVs, on our computers. We're spending more time. And innovation is going to continue to compound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rights law. I don't know if you guys know what rights law is, but it's like, so basically for every two years of progress that we see, you know, it might be like 20% progress in the uh, development of technology. It also gets a ridiculous amount cheaper to produce, which means that drives the scale. And for those of you who can't see, I'm trying to kind of show a graph that goes up and up and up and it ends up compounding to the point where it gets vertical because it, it literally is so cheap to produce this technology that we can produce more of it and innovate further. So it also gets cheaper and we create more innovation. So technology, I mean, it's 20 years, man, like it's gonna be vertical. That graph is gonna be vertical. That's how far we're gonna go. Like think about how far we've come in five years and that will speed up every year. The rate of growth of technology will speed up every year. And that's hard for some people to hear. Like, if your whole company and business and income is reliant on doing things a certain way, like Warren Buffett saying that Bitcoin's, you know, rubbish. And it's like, well, it's not rubbish. We don't know if it's going to be this big crazy thing yet, but it's not rubbish. Right. But his whole income is reliant on the stock market. Right. So, Human bias and psychology will always override this to the point until you just have to accept it. But what I'm trying to say is, if you're a business owner, accept it. You should have accepted it six months ago. Hmm. Get your business into digital, into it, into at least digital delivery of some sort because anything else is going to be subpar. and And if somebody's going to like, Competition is really, really important because it's not like you want to know who Netflix's biggest competitors are, who they said their biggest competition was sleep. Yeah. They didn't say another streaming service because competition has different levels, Mm. right? If somebody has got two, like who here has infinite money, not me. Right. So if I'm going to spend my money, am i spending $2000 or what, you know $2000 in you know total expenditure on a PT or am i spending on Apple fitness right now that's the that's the dilemma people are going to run into and people don't like yeah like learning weightlifting and these heavy skill sets will always be there but you still we we you know competition is about resources and psychological needs It's not about products, Mm. right? So it's about understanding that you're competing with Apple whether you like it or not because people, the average day person doesn't have infinite amount of money or time. So if they buy an Apple Watch for some reason and then they start falling in love with running, they're not working out with you. Yeah, they're gone. And, And that's just like, Again, it's not going to kill personal training. It'll always be around, but you've you've really got to move in that direction.
1: Having a product available on like online, because I think, and I, I see this a lot, like with the PTs around me at least, is like everyone's expecting things to go back to normal. They're not like it, it's not going to be like oh, in six months' time, everyone's going to be back to the gym and look for a PT.
2: Uh, it's they habit might... formation, right? Mm. Yeah, like we all, you know, I was in a lockdown for four months. Like how, like twenty-one days to create a habit, yeah. times that by fucking <laughs> seven or eight. Sorry for the language, but times that by seven or eight. That's the Australian coming out in me. <laughs> times that by seven or eight, and you know, I've got habits that are going to be hard to break down. And if you're like, I'm a conscious person. If if you know, if you're not aware that habits actually forming, which is you know a fair chunk of humanity, like, damn, man, like you're going to be, you're going to build these habits. These habits are going to be built around things you can do when you're inside or out in nature. You know, a lot of people are going without a gym for a while. Like, I'll be honest, man, I started running. I'm still running today. Gyms are open. I'm still going to the gym, but my habits and behaviors have changed and that that's what's going to happen. The habits and behaviors we form through this period will change the way society lives over the next 10 years, 20 years.
3: Mm-hmm. So besides um, sort of the way people kind of, they don't separate their, you know, their income from the uh, sort of their business, what other common pitfalls do you see with uh, trainers, coaches, business owners that you regularly deal with?
2: I think brands a big one. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, for me, brands a big one. Like I think, people are so caught up on acquiring customers, which is important. Like, I mean, that's an, that's a big one that you need to do that. They forget that like they need to be able to weave a brand and create a brand and brands are funny one because like most people that have great brands build great brands without knowing they're building a great brand. Yeah. Like it's, but for me, brand is like a, it's an introspective journey. Like I said this um, on one of my podcasts the other day is like brand for me is like, just go lock yourself in a room for three days and just journal and get, understand your belief system. And then brand is about communicating that belief system through story, uh, through touch points um, and through strategy. Right. And like brands, definitely a big one. And I think not enough people are focusing on building a brand um, out there with their business. And then, that's why they're always jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. And then that's that can hurt them in the long term. Um, and I guess the other big pitfall is just understanding that any purchase that's made is made on a psychological level. Like a lot of people will tend to try to, like everybody's selling the same thing. Like, you know, you want to know why people struggle to grow a business. It's because you're selling the same shit as the person next to you. Right. Like differentiation is what captures market share. Yeah. People buy how and why you do something, not what you do. Like everybody, you know, like, okay, across the board, how much variation in what people offer? Do we think there is like, everybody's probably offering some type of nutrition. Everybody's probably offering programming, everybody might be offering some accountability, right? So if that's what your selling points are, you're probably going to have a rough time. So I think understanding your customer's psychology, what's the unmet need as it stands for your customer's kind of psychology. We look at it as the three C's. It's like you've got the customer, which is like your niche. What's their unmet need? You've got your company. How does your product meet that psychological need? And then you've got competition. Look at them in like a Venn diagram. And then there's a really important part which where company overlaps with customer. And that is called your value proposition. And it's what can you offer to your customers that your competition cannot? Right, you answer that question And you'll be able to acquire more clients, but it's all based on psychology. Like, again, you can't just continuously rattle off the fact that you offer nutrition, you know, check-ins, training programs. Like it just doesn't work. People buy why you do what you do and how you do it. How do you program? How do you, you know, how do you keep people accountable? Right. You know, how do you like, that's what you need to be selling more of. And that's a, that happens on a psychological level. So, you know, as I said, it's a lot of it is, is like, you know, everybody just selling the same thing. I think the notion that there should be an industry standard is the biggest load of shit ever. That's for, that's, that's for cowards who are too scared to be different. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Right. Everybody ends up just doing what everybody else does. Right. Because, They're too scared. Like most the way we make decisions on a psychological level as humans, what would be less disastrous? The reason I choose one brand over another is not because it's a better brand. It's because I've probably got less disaster going with the brand that everybody else is going with and says is okay. Right? So that tells us that as humans we're wired to go, what's going to be less disastrous. Well, if I sell what everybody else is selling, there's less chance of disaster. But what that ends up being is you're in a lot of pain because, you know, the whole notion of, I think 20% of the industry has 80% of the clientele and 80% of the industry fights to 20% of the clientele. You end up in that position where you're selling the same thing as everybody else. You don't understand business, so you don't understand how to differentiate. And then you get caught up into this trap where everybody's, You know, I said this, I did a post about this. It's like, if I hear science, evidence or results one more time, I'll throw up because that's what everybody has in their bio. That's Mm -hmm. what everybody's selling. And it's like, it's not that they're wrong, but it's that everybody's selling that. So if everybody's selling that, like it's hard for people to make a decision. But if you can have a, if you can create a product and a brand that is differentiated but still meets the psychological need of a particular segment of the market, you will win and you will, you will grow at the speed of light. Right. And that's what you got to do. Right. That's the biggest pitfall. Everybody's selling the same shit, but you don't know. You don't like, again, this is why I teach business principles. Cause like, honestly, this can take 10 weeks to, to teach someone. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's not sexy. Because it's you're not gonna make I'm not gonna make your money next week. I'm gonna set you up for life. But that's not what's sexy. That's not what Mm -hmm. that's not what people purchase. Right? So, you know, you gotta again, like this is all about strategic decision making. You have as a business owner, you have to be able to think for yourself and make decisions. Otherwise, it's like playing darts with a blindfold on. Right? Yeah, like, you know, hopefully I get a bullseye. Even if I get the bullseye, I don't know how I got it Hmm. because I didn't even know where I was aiming. So like, even if you get success without understanding business, you can't repeat it, which means it's not sustainable.
1: Or like going off for what you said is like throwing darts blindfolded is like, you have to listen to the others. So you have to be swayed by the waves of like, what other gurus...
2: Yeah, or you just do what everybody else is doing because you don't know anything else. You don't know any better, right? And and that's the game most people are playing. Right? It's like that's honestly like that's that's the game everybody's playing. You come into the industry, you got no business knowledge, no understanding, no business principles. So you just copy the guy next to you and and hope for the best. And that's okay because that'll work. That'll get you to between 50 and and maybe 100 grand but you'll be time poor, mm-hmm. but you'll have no opportunity for growth beyond that. You'll be in a, you know, like it'll be difficult. You want to go beyond that and, and not just rely on luck. You've got to understand business principles and you've got to understand how to make decisions for yourself.
1: I love the way you use brand. Cause like for me, you know, everyone says, it's not what you sell, it's why you sell it. Right. And then for me, brand is the why, but like they say that in the same and in the same breath, they just talk about like what their brand offers. And I'm like, and it's just like nutrition, this, this, and this.
2: Yeah. Or it's the logo, right? Yeah. Or it's the color it's the color scheme on their, on their Instagram. You know, it's like, you know, brand is broken up to me in three. There's three core kind of things you need to understand in brand. The first one is brand identity, right? So who are we? What do we stand for? You know, who are we at the core and, and then where are we going? Then you've got brand narrative and and brand narrative is about communicating your brand vision and where you want to go and then weaving that through the different touch points you have. And then there's brand strategy, which is those touch points, pre-purchase, purchase, purchase, post-purchase. Yeah. So, okay. Who are we? Where are we going? Right. And then you've got, and that's brand identity. Then you've got the narrative. What's the story we're telling you have to tell a story because if, that's how we make sense of things in the world. That's why we watch movies. That's why we read books. You know, We have to be telling a, a story over and over again. That's what creates the mental structures that I talked about. Brand you know, is mental structures that make future marketing more effective. And then I need to deploy the narrative and the identity and the associations and create those associations that people are going to have with our brands through the different touch points that we have with them. And that's, that's brand, you know, brand is, you know, and then underneath that, you've got these tactics, which is logo and, and colors and, and they are important. I'm not saying they're not, but y- you know, you can't just dive into that without having these overarching understanding, because then these things over here, such as logo, color scheme, what you actually offer is, is a house of cards. It's not built on anything. There's no kind of, there's no foundation and no belief there, no understanding
3: what is the value proposition of your course or the courses you teach?
2: Yeah. So the value proposition for what we teach is uh, we provide you with eternal support. So you study with us once and we're with you forever. Um, And that's, that's kind of one thing that we're putting a massive focus on this year is that we're building an alumni and, and this is an alumni of, Um, high-level students you know like it is going to be full of absolute monsters but we're also going to provide you with support after you finish your courses so there's going to be benefits you know in terms of having lifetime access to course material Um, we're going to be implementing services so all the trusted services that we have like podcast management like um, graphic design like web development all of these things that are really tough to find good quality services we're going to give you everybody we've used and build a system there where only our students get access to that that uh that network of um services um we're going to have you know alumni only events um alumni only education there's going to be again like w- the biggest thing for me that I started to realize was that how many business coaches or, or, you know, I guess experts out there will support you once you stop paying them. And that's a big problem. There is no systematic support system for business owners in the fitness industry. And we want to do that because, you know, I talked earlier, like I'm in this to change the industry (laughs) Yeah, like I think there is a massive systematic problem. I've been through that problem. I've lived that problem. And I want to change that problem. So our brand and our value proposition, you know, is about doing that. You know, we, we want to provide eternal support. We want you to feel like you're supported forever. So you can go and make big moves. So you can feel like you can you can actually go out there and be yourself and do, you know, and, and really build a legacy business and take those mm-hmm. risks instead of feeling fearful because you've got no support system around you. you. You're not getting, you're not educated. You don't, you don't have people backing you, right? You don't have, you know, like-minded business owners around you to tell you to go for it, to share their wisdom with you. So for us, that's our value proposition. You know, like we really think that that's something we can offer that nobody else can. And, and we're going to actually, you know, we're not just, it's not just a community. Like we're, prov- we're going to provide some pretty cool stuff in there that you're going to get access to for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for life. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's one thing that we may make this year, especially, you know, like we're making a conscious decision that, you know, there's, this is all happening behind a password. Like every single person who studies with us is going to get their own password to uh, uh, their own membership portal where they can access all of these services, where they can access, Um, You know, all of their education where they can access a business tools library that we're creating at the moment, which has different tools for different subjects and finance and brand and all this kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, we're going to have regular, regular catch ups, everything there so that business owners who study with us. Um, feel like they're being supported and, and do get that support for the, the rest of their life so that they can make the big moves because everybody's scared to make big moves. And I believe it's because of that systematic breakdown That is, there is no support system for business owners.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, now I'm sold. I'm going to take your courses. Yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs> you should have but, already. You know, like, you know uh, we, 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 what, we, what we teach, we preach. Yeah, like, you know, everything I teach is stuff that I I have implemented in the past that is tested and tried. Um, I work relentlessly on my business in the background. Everything I teach, I apply. And that you asked me what my value proposition, and I gave you a pretty straight answer. And I think that's a big part of the game. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to understand what your belief system is, what you stand for, build a business that really starts to deliver on that promise. Um, and you're going to get it wrong, man. Like we, 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 you know, we have made many mistakes and we don't shy away from that, but we will keep coming back and we, we will not stop until we achieve our mission. And, and that's a big part of who we are at the core and, and what we stand for. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited, man. Cause you know, I, I love seeing, I love seeing people who study with us and, hmm. and kind of come on board in any way, shape or form who, who go on to make these big moves, you know? we got guys in our business coaching program signing, you know, one of the guys signed just literally is about to open up his gym. When he started with us, you know, a while ago, we got, you know, a guy named Sammy Hall who, um, again, he just upgraded his facility, you know, and he's making these big moves and there's people that study with us that come back and they're like, they're just, they're absolutely crushing it. and, And that's what I love to see because that's the confidence that people get when they understand business and they feel like they're being supported by a community of people. And, you know, that's the goal.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, I want to be conscious of your time, but you did mention mistakes. And I like stories. And I think that just like kind of gives that human experience of like, you know, the human element of it. And I know you talked about, you know, the lease and changing gyms and stuff. But I want to know, out of your mistakes off the top of your head, which one's the one that's like a proper face bomb? Like one mistake that you made that just you think of and you you kind of groan and go, oh, God.
2: Far out, man. There's been so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it comes back to that not separating your finances like mm. i think i mean a lot of people like the way i think people look at business is they look up to people who have been working relentlessly on their business for a long time and then they look at them as an overnight success and everybody does it differently like i know people that are successful that don't manage their finances but we often look up to minorities right and and when we look up to minorities like the chances of success are just so slim. Right. And it's like the financing for me is like, I mean, I can tell you, like I still fuck this up to this day. Like, you know, I'm work, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm really good at it now, but like you're like, you, every time your business grows and scales, you're dealing with big amounts of money and your expenses go up and there's, you know, that's the part of growth. Um, but I would say like, you know, there's been time, I think I got a $20,000 tax bill because I wasn't managing my funds properly. Like it was a GST bill. So, you know, that's what happens when you own over a certain threshold. And I didn't know that. And I didn't have that $20,000 sitting there um, at the time because I wasn't managing my money properly. Hmm. Um, So that was pretty, that, that drove me into a, you know, obviously a really stressful state and, affected my behaviors. Like, you know, it's, it's really hard to properly grow a long-term sustainable six, sustainably successful business when you're in that kind of mindset. Um, I think, yeah. And I, I think like a lot of it revolves around that. I honestly think that's the foundation. That's why we teach it first. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are held back because of some type of relationship or um, circumstance that they have with money. Um, and, and I think once you get that right, you'll start making better decisions and and you'll end up going down the right path. Um, but yeah, I think like, I I would say that the tax bill was a big one. Um, I would say another big one that is, is taking on the wrong clients. Mm -hmm. Um, like, like looking at every sale or every dollar as an equal dollar, um, like you, it's bred into you to make money. It's bred into you to make sales, and it's also hard to say no to money when it's in front of you. And especially, you know, we talked about it. If I'm not managing my finances properly, and I get someone in who's not the right client for me, either I don't have the skill set to to actually go to to take them through what they need to go through, or um, they're not the right fit. Right? They might be. You know, they might be at a psychological level that I'm not best, not that I'm not best suited, but, you know, they might be really needy. And, and you know, we've all had those needy clients where they just suck the life out of you. And then they're the ones that actually never do anything, never follow the program. And they're also the ones that leave the business and badmouth the business, right? Oh yeah, like I didn't get any results with them. Like they're not that good of a coach. And it's like, the mistake isn't with, you know yourself for the way you coach them it's more often the fact that you took on a client that wasn't the right client because you didn't you aren't managing your money properly you don't know when you, where your next dollar is coming from you know you, you you might not have an understanding of how much money you've got to spend you know all of these kind of things you're not managing your cash flow properly so what, what do you do well you, you sign this person up because you're in a really scarce mindset and you've got this massive fear that you're going to fail Um, and then that drives you to have, you know, clients that aren't the great fit. You know, a lot of people ask me is like, Oh, you know, like a lot of like, you know, I've got a really good churn rate. And then all of a sudden six people drop off and it's like, yeah, well, like those six people are dropping off probably because they're not the right client. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you're getting a big drop off like that, it's probably because you're bringing on clients that aren't aren't a great fit. So that's another big one. And, And that still happens like, you know that's something we went through and and have been through in recent times over the last 20, you know, uh, 24 months. Um, You're bringing in the wrong type of clientele. So it's a big waste of time. They're not getting results, harms your reputation. Um, And it's an unequal dollar, you know, like the investment that you needed to put in to make that dollar is much, much higher. And it's much, much more costly than say, you know, we've all got the raging fans. You know, the, the clients that you're like, far out. I just need more of these guys. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's honestly one of the biggest mistakes is people just take on clients that aren't great fits because they need to make money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Those two things, man, like they will hurt you big time in the long term. Like they, like, and, and uh, they, you know, they're both so emotional and psychological. That's why they're so hard. But damn, like they will hurt you and they will bleed you slowly over time. Um, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts.
1: Right. Exactly. That's what, one of the best things I learned early on was like, you know, clients who suck life out of you are not worth it. it, creates stability and that's it.
2: Again, yeah, it comes back to the nervous system, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm managing my money properly, I don't have to take that client on. Exactly. But if I'm not managing my money properly, I don't know. So I'm going to just take them on anyway. Mm -hmm. that's the game. That's why we teach it straight up. A lot of people like, yeah, you don't need to know finances. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't, but it's like, no, no, like you may not need to know finances, but you are not the, you know, you, you are not another person. You were not, you, you know, everybody's raised in different places, raised by different people. We all have different psychology. We're born in from different cultures. There's such a dynamic money is the most dynamic thing in the world. And it's not good enough to say that, to to chuck a blanket over everyone and say that, you know, you don't need to really know finance until you're deep in business because some people will never, ever, ever have an abundant mindset with their business because they could never break these emotional ties that they had with money.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Matt, thank you so much. This has been like, it's been insightful. Yeah, crazy useful. Really love it. Um, I know you just started the f- uh, the first semester this Monday when is the next intake like we always joke that probably we have imaginary listeners so I don't know how many people will listen to this but any plugins obviously at the end
2: no nah, man it, I mean it's an honor right like I think you know it's it's great to connect with um, uh, people that are making moves I'm all about making moves so it's good to see you guys putting yourself out there and and kind of doing something like this because, um, you know, that's, that's the scare. That's this. that's the kind of fear that most people have where they don't take and make this move. So, um, man, like keep at it, keep going hard. Like, cause it's fun, right? Like this is work. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, that we get to sit here and talk and this is a part of what we do as a living. So it's really cool. Um, in terms of like, you know, seeing what we do, um, you can come to my Instagram, which is Kyle, our trainer, Check out uh, our company Instagram, which is um, Elite Vitality Business School. Um, in terms of what we offer, we offer a mixture of business coaching and courses. Um, so, depending on where you're at in business, and obviously, you know, our business coaching is very bespoke. It's 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 kind of the only place that people really get to work with us one on one. And then we also have our courses, which are really accessible. Um, you know, they 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 are they are long and which is a good thing in business. It gives you time to work with your peers and, and kind of bounce ideas off us and and actually build what you're learning. Um, so, but they're quite accessible and we, we really try to give as much value there as we can. And that's our process. Like we, we're teaching you nothing other than our process of how we do things. Um, that doesn't change from business coaching to the courses. It's just that they're different mechanisms in which people can choose to go about it based on what their needs are. So, um, yeah, head to our website, uh, evbusinessschool.com. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, apart from that, um, we're, we're putting out a fair bit of content at the moment, um, podcasts and everything. So it's
1: cool. Have conversations as well. And we'll put all of that in the description too. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. A thank really you, mom. You giving us your time and like talking about things that you are passionate about.
2: No, honestly, thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor. Um, appreciate your time and and appreciate you the thought of having me on oh man
1: it was a dream come true thank you so much